his praise, which is hallelujah. And right now, Lord, I thank you for just what it is um, that you are doing here today, Lord. And right now, Lord, I pray that you allow me to decrease so that you may increase. Anoint my lips of clay that I may be an oracle of God. Let nothing I say be of earthly wisdom, but be of everything of heaven and the spirit. And I pray right now, Lord, let no flesh glory in thy presence. And I pray, Lord, that right now, Lord, that you will prepare the people's hearts and minds to believe and receive the word of the Lord today. I pray, Lord, that you will remove all the thorns and all the stones and that this seed will fall on good grounds right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will be loosed on the people right now, that you will give them wisdom, that you will give them revelation of your word right now in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray right now, let the words be fire and the people would and let them be consumed by it. And I pray, Lord, that these people who are listening to me right now will apply this word and use it to grow in their intimacy and their relationship with you. Lord, how we love you. We adore you. Thank you and praise you. Baruch atah Adonai ha'el hakadosh. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory. Forever and ever. My prayer partners in agreement said amen. Amen and amen. All right. So I want you all to go with me. You know, um, I want you all to go with me to Psalm 100. Okay, we're going to start there. We're going to start at Psalm 100. Now this, I love this, because this is the key. I want you all to understand this, okay? This is called a psalm of praise, okay? Now, I'm going to share with you something very intimate and intricate about this, okay? So here, uh, Psalms 100, and I'm starting at verse 1. It says... Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Wow. And it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Wow. Now let me show you something very important here. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. Now this is something, this is actually for the church. If you want the presence of God in your church, if you want the Lord that when as soon as people walk in, they feel the presence and power of God, like be honest, who when they enter into this Bible study or just even <laughs> I have a friend here enter into this room, you felt the presence and power of God who here felt that. Okay, then if you want to know the key to having God. God already be in the midst of a place before you even get there, then look at this. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. That's the key. You have to serve the Lord. A lot of people, they're okay with just serving the Lord. Oh, okay. I came. I spent time with the Lord. I served the Lord. 
but I did not serve the Lord with gladness. You did it, but you didn't do it with gladness. Like it is an honor for me to serve the Lord. It is an honor for me to do Bible study right now. It's an honor for me to serve you wonderful people by giving you and teaching you the word of God. So it says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. So that's why when you entered on here, I was playing worship music. Why? Because the Bible also says the way of the Lord must be prepared. See, I can't stand when I see church services or when I see church people. You can tell when the presence of God isn't there. Why? Because the way of the Lord was not prepared properly. People just said, all right, let's just start service. No, you have to start it right. There has to be gladness into the place. Who wants to set foot in a depressing church? Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. Have you ever been into a depressing church? Where everyone is just walking in and there's nothing exciting going on. Come on now. We are about to encounter the presence and glory of God. There is something to be excited about. But the reason why you're not excited is because you're not expecting anything to happen. You have to expect something. It says what? It says serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? Singing. Oh, how the Lord loves to hear you sing. Oh, how he loves to hear the people of God singing. He loves singing. And then what does it says? Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now look at this. Know ye that he, that the Lord, he is God. Now, why is this important for the people of God to understand? Because how many of you, you know the Lord, you know Jesus, you know Jehovah. But what you don't know in your heart is that he is God. And God is not just um, a name of a being. It's a title. Oh, I'm talking to somebody today. You know the Lord as a savior. You know him as a healer, a redeemer, but what you don't know him as, as God, the most high God before it, for if you knew how powerful and how important that title is, you would be the first one in church instead of just dragging your feet into the church. Oh, I'm talking to somebody today. If you knew how powerful and how important that title was, you would be the first one in and the last one out. You wouldn't, you wouldn't care about the, I know they're not the Redskins anymore. I'm saying that because I'm from Virginia. The Washington, what, what, what they call the football team now? So y'all can't even come up with a with a real name no more? We're just the football team? Okay, whatever. The Washington football team, y'all still suck. I know, I'm going to say it. Y'all suck as the Redskins, y'all suck as the football team. I'm just going to say it. And I know I'm going to have some people upset with me. I'm going to be stoned and thrown out of the congregation. I'm fine. But this is the problem. Everybody in a rush to get home 
to watch a lousy football team that can do nothing for your soul and did nothing to save you from your sin and to save you from the depths of hell. And I know I'm taking shots at the football team, any football game. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You got the people in church saying, come on, pastor, wrap it up because I need to hurry up and get home and, and, and sit on the couch and watch the Steelers and watch whatever, whoever football team I need to watch them play on Sunday. Do you think it's a coincidence that the enemy designed certain events to take place on Sunday when you're supposed to be in the church, when you're supposed to be in the house of God? But the reason why you don't understand, the reason why we treat church as just like, well, this is just my regular get together. No, if you knew what that title God meant, you would be the first one in, last one out. You would make sure that everything was spick, span, clean, perfect, and ready for the presence and power of the Almighty. Uh, I ain't, people ain't talking to me today. They weren't ready for today. They weren't ready for today. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. And that is a big G. Just tell me, is that a big G in your Bible? Is that a big G in your Bible? A simple yes will do. That means he is the most high God. He is not just a God. He's the most high. Which means he can do for you that football can't do. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. Because football is a God on Sunday. Come on now. Your family get-togethers can be a God on Sunday. That's a little G. That's a little G. But this God is a big G. He's the most high which means he can do, let me tell you something. God will do things for you without you having to ask him why. Because he's the big G, not the little G. Little G's, you have to ask him for something in order to get something. Oh, y'all missed that. Little G, you have to ask for something in order to get something. Big G can do whatever he wants simply because he's in the midst. Oh, y'all missed that. Big G can do whatever he wants simply because he's in the midst. So if you want God to do things for you or with you without you even having to ask him, get him in the picture. Amen. That's it. Big G. In fact, y'all went and did it. Go with me to Hebrews. Y'all mess me up right now. Go to Hebrews. And we're going to go. Ooh, I feel the glory of God. We're going to Hebrews chapter 11. Okay. I'm going to come back to Psalms in a minute. But I need you to understand this. This is what the church is lacking. This is why when people walk into your church, they don't feel the presence of God. This is why when you pray, it feels like the prayers just hit the ceiling. They don't go nowhere. Because you don't know the way into God's throne room. You don't know the way into God's heart. You don't know the way because you don't treat him with the proper honor that he is due.
I'm just speaking real right now. These people don't want me to talk this. That's fine. I'm not responsible for that. You want to stone and throw me out of, out of the congregation? Go ahead. I know where I'm going. My question is, do you know where you going? Let me let that go. Now, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11. I'm telling you right now. Are you there? Now, let's go to 3. Hebrews 11, uh, 3, verse 3. Look at this. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So let me stop right there. That Bible that you got in your hands, that Bible right there is the foundation of the whole universe. That's why as soon as you speak the word of God, as soon as you speak the word of God into any situation, it automatically has to fix itself. Because we live in a fallen world, so what happens is things get out of place easily. But when you speak the same word that God spoke about it, it has to come back into effect. It has to fix itself. Let me get off that. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, hold on now. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Who here wants to please God? Who here wants God to say that I was pleased with you? Who here wants to hear that? Who wants to hear God say that I was pleased with your life? I was pleased with the way you handled yourself on the earth. Now, let me tell you something, and I'm going to tell the people of God right now. Let me tell you something. If you are a Christian, a Bible-believing Christian, someone who believes in the power and the word of God, let me tell you something in your life. I'm speaking to somebody right now. You should not be limping to the finish line. You need to be running with the momentum of victory and power that Jesus gave you. Do not stop. Do not settle for I'm limping right now. No, I may be limping right now, but I promise you before this race is over, I will be running in stride for victory. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Amen. If you want to know how to please God, then watch this. Watch this. The key is right here. Oh, I'm getting excited now. See, Enoch pleased God. Abel pleased God. You want to know how you please God? Watch this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible. But that faith cannot just be a belief. It has to be an action. Oh, y'all missed Talk that. About it. Your faith has to be an action in order to please God. Your faith cannot just be something you talk about. It's got to be something you live. It's got to be something you walk. It's got to be something that you talk. It's got to be who you are. Your faith should ooze out of you into people. 
That's how you become pleasing to God. Is when you believe in his word, you stand on it, and then you act it out. Amen. I'll write that down. To be pleasing to God, you must first believe the word. Speak the word. And then act out the word. Write that down. Amen. Believe the word. Speak the word. And then act the word. Now, let me continue. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God. Anybody here want to come to God? How many of you, when you pray, you feel like you want to come to God? You want to feel the tangible presence of God. You want to feel the glory. You want to feel that you're in the throne room. You want to feel that? Pay attention. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. That he is what? That he is God. Big G. That he is who he says he is. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. The reason why when you pray, nothing happens is because you don't believe God is who he says he is. You don't believe he is the big G. You don't believe that he is Jehovah, that he is the promise keeper, that he is Jehovah Raphael, that he is Jehovah Nisi, that he is Jehovah Jireh, that he is Jehovah Tzikhanu, because you don't know him as he is. It says he is. Look at it. Is that what it says? There's an echo. I need a mute. Look at this. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. That he is what? You fill in the blank. I'm going to ask one more time. Can someone please mute? Thank you. I am not disrupting the flow of the spirit right now. Stay with me. Look at this. Must believe that he is. That he is what? You must believe that when you come to him, he is a good, good father. That he is Jehovah. That he is God. That all my situations are fixed as soon as I got in connection with him. The devil started running as soon as I got on my knees. And I cried, Father, as soon as you did that. Things already started to turn in your life. The devil doesn't care how anointed and how powerful you are. The devil don't care about that. The devil don't care how much you know the scriptures up here. He don't care how much you speak the word of God. He don't care about that. What he cares about, what he's most afraid of, is when you get down on your knees and you cry out, Father, and you believe that when you go to him, that he is ready to receive you. That's what he's afraid of. That's what he has blinded the church to for all these years. Note that the church never taught us how to pray powerful prayers. It taught us to pray, but it didn't teach us how to pray powerful prayers. Prayers in which God will answer and move. 
I'm going to teach you how to do powerful prayers, but I'm going to teach you how to bring God into your life. Not just into your living room, not just into your bedroom, wherever you are, but to bring him into your life. This is how you do it. What does it say? Must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently what? Seek him. That means you have to be in the seeking realm in order to find him. Amen. You must believe that when you spend time in prayer and you're seeking after him, that he's a rewarder. He's a rewarder for you seeking him. So when you in the church and the service is going on and everybody wants to play their favorite song, you know what? I got news for you. The devil got a favorite song in church too. He in, he in hell as you singing and everybody moving around with their emotions because guess what? The spirit of God ain't in the church. For if the spirit of God was there, the devil won't want, 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 want nothing to do with you on Sunday. But even the devil will be like, ooh, they're playing my favorite song today. And yet they're still in bondage. Oh, come on, somebody. Y'all ain't talking. Talk about yet they're still in bondage. Why? Because they don't know the way into God's heart, into God's presence. They didn't prepare the way of the Lord. They're not expecting anything. They came in jacked up. They leave jacked up. They come in. They hear a word from a pastor. Talk about be a good person. Talk about no revelation, no death, no spending time in God's presence, no spirit of God moving. Everybody wants to shake, holler, and roll, and the spirit of God ain't moved yet. Come on now. Y'all ain't talking to me. And met people come in, talk about, well, let's pray for you. We pray for you. We ain't expecting nothing to happen. In fact, we just as shocked when you get healed as you are. Oh, y'all missed it. Y'all hearing this here. You have to know that that is not allowed. That cannot be permitted. If you are the church, you're the one who should be expecting the miracle. Not the people walking in. Because you're the one who knows God. They're the ones who are being introduced to God. But how is it that you can introduce them to somebody that you yourself haven't met? Uh I know people weren't ready for today. They weren't ready for today. Teach it. Ugh. Lord, am I done with this one today? Am I done with this one? The Lord no. wants me. No. Ugh. <laughs> uh, fine. I will go into this point and then I'll move on. Go to Psalm. Go back to Psalm 100. See, oh my gosh, I feel the anointing. It says in verse 3, it says we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. See, you don't know how much the Lord actually loves you. For if you understood how much he loved you, when you came to him, you wouldn't be so afraid to talk to him. 
you wouldn't be so afraid to ask him. What did Jesus say? Ask it shall be what? Given. Seek ye shall find. Knock the door shall be what? Open. Where in the world do you see anywhere in Jesus teaching where you pray and God just says, no, I don't want to hear from you. I'll wait. Where do you see in the word of God where God says, don't pray to me? Where do you see where God says, I'm not going to accept you if you pray to me? No, 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 no. See, that's that. Oh, the Lord's hitting me with something. Lord, do I really have to go into this? Uh, that's a yes. Okay. Let me tell you. Some of you have been taught due to the offense of other preachers with God. That's the teaching you've accepted. You've accepted teaching preachers who've been offended by God and don't know his ways. That's why they teach you that powerless prayer stuff. That, well, if the Lord had wanted, no fool, if you would have gotten on your knees and pursued it with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul, you would have had it. But sometimes you didn't pursue it hard enough. You just thought God was going to give it to you like some spiritual sugar daddy and he don't do it that way. That's right. I said it. You treat God like a spiritual sugar daddy and that ain't the way he do things. Because even if he blessed you with that thing, what the heck were you going to do with it? You were probably going to mess it up as soon as he gave it to you. Instead, he wanted your heart to be right with him. But then when you got offended because you didn't see the prayer get answered, then you're going to tell the congregation some messed up doctrine that is not so. You're the one who needs to look at your prayer life instead of trying to mess up mine. Because I tell you the truth, when I pray, my Bible says that when I pray according to the will of God, his way is what? Yes and amen. amen. I didn't see no no nowhere. Not for the people. See, that's why it says we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Do you see that here? That's why David or whoever wrote this, put that in there. Why? So that you will understand you can come to God because you're his. Even in Hebrews, I just showed you, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder for those who what? Diligently seek him. But what the Bible, but what the church has taught you is not to seek God because you can't find him. Well, flesh creature, you might not have found him, but I sure as heck did. Why? Because I follow the instructions of the Bible, not your lame brain dead preaching. Let me move on. Enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. That means when you come into God's presence, do not come to him first with your problems. If you want to know the first no-no in prayer, you do not enter into God's court with your problems, with your list of complaints ready to go. That ain't what you do. 
It's like when you have an audience with a king, you have to give him reverence. You have to give him honor. That's why it says enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. That means regardless of whatever situation you're in, regardless of whether you have an offense with God, an offense with clergy, it doesn't matter. When you come before him, you should be thankful to him. Why? Because he, he is good all the time. Good is who he is. Goodness is not just what he does. Y'all missed that. Amen. Amen. Oh, yes. He is goodness. He is love. He is who he is. I'm thankful just because he is who he is. Even as I said that, I feel the glory of the Lord right now. It says, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Let me tell you something. I tell you the truth. You need to understand this truth. Is that there are so many, and I tell you the truth, they are deceived because they don't know this proper roadmap to God. The Bible says you give honor to whom honor is due. I don't care if God doesn't perform another miracle in your life. You should still give him the honor that he is due for what he has already done. But you're not honoring just what he's done. You're honoring who he is and who he is. He is God, the most high God. And there is no one else like him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot be. And for those who have an offense with God, well, I prayed and nothing happened. Pray again. Who said you only had to come one time? Maybe when you ask somebody to do you a favor, you might have to ask them one time. Someone you don't really have a relationship with. You might ask them one time. But when you know who you are and what you have established, you can go to him as many times as you want. That's what Jesus paid the price for. See, that's the thing. Some of us, we left what Jesus paid for right there. And Jesus is begging us, pick it up. I died for a reason. I rose again for a reason. Go get it. Are you hearing this here? Go get it. I feel the Lord is just telling me to tell you. Go get it. It's right there for a reason. Go get it. Hallelujah. And the funny thing is, the Lord is just hitting me with this. Is that when you learn this, your prayers will get answered a lot faster. Because you need to expect and know who he is. Even if God doesn't do anything, you still have to give him the proper honor and reverence that is due. You still have to bring him into the picture. The way of the Lord must still be prepared. You must know where you are when you step into prayer. When you step into prayer, you're going before a king. And when you go before a king, you must give him the proper honor that he is due. Otherwise, he has every right to throw out whatever thing you want to tell him because he ain't got time for that. 
people ask me, well, Simba, how do you get your prayers answered? When you pray for something, we see it happen. When you prophesy something, we see that happen. That's because I know how to go into God's court. I know how to go into his presence. I know what to give him when I pray. I know what he's looking for. I know what he desires from me. And then when he sees that I give him what he desires, he says, now what is it that you desire? Amen. Amen. You give him what he desires, he'll give you what you desire. Yes, oh yes. Because he's so pleased, he's so... He he loves that you love him because you have to do everything in love. It said what? With gladness. So when you go to church and they ask you to serve, do it with a good attitude. Don't you get no bad attitude with your pastor? Don't you get in no attitude with somebody who asks you to do something? You should be like, it's an honor for me to serve the house of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. Glory to God. Are you singing this here? Oh, let me teach y'all something. Uh, are y'all done or you want me no, to teach? teach y'all want me to teach? <laughs> She's like, keep okay. going. Everyone's like, all right, all right. Everyone's hungry today. I like it. Uh, go with me to Psalms 115. Uh I'm like, these people are hungry. I love it. I love the hunger. I love it. Psalms 115. Uh, I want to start at verse 13. I'm going to teach y'all something. Are y'all ready for some teaching from Jesus? Are y'all ready for something that the Lord taught me himself? Are you ready for this? Oh my goodness, I don't see enough hungry people right now. I don't see it. I don't see enough people. I probably have to skip this point, Lord. Do I have to skip this point? (laughs) Yes, I see it. All right. I love the hunger. Here we go. Psalms 115. Are you there? Verse 13, what does it say? He will bless them that fear the Lord both small and great. That fear means reverence. So the Lord will bless you simply because you have reverence. Y'all missed that. He'll do something for you simply because you know how to give him the proper honor that is due. You know how to give him reverence. If you want to know how to have reverence, the... uh. Are y'all ready for something simple now? This is ABC of faith. We take faith and we make it simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Are you ready for something simple? Yes. Well, how do you learn the fear of the Lord? The Bible says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. How do you get the fear of the Lord? Let me tell you something. All those who are listening to me right now. You have it by the Holy Spirit. The more time you spend fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, he teaches you the fear of the Lord. He brings the fear of the Lord to you. 
the reverence of the Lord. See, because the Bible says that the Spirit of God knows the way into God. He knows the depths of God. He knows how to get you there. But the reason why the church doesn't know how to get there is because you don't listen to the Holy Spirit properly. Nor do you listen to him all the way. You take his suggestions, but you don't take them as commands. Just because he says it nicely doesn't mean that it's a, that it's a suggestion. It's a command. Amen. When he says, play this song, you're supposed to play that song. Why? Because he's trying to teach you flesh creatures how to bring in God's presence. Because that's the song God wants to hear when he comes riding in the chariot into your church. Well, I want to play this song. It don't matter what you want to play. God wants to hear this one. God wants you to go back and see that verse again. Sing the chorus again. Stay in the chorus for a while. Because the Father is trying to come in. Jesus is trying to come in. But you must have his way prepared. You must have it prepared the way, because I tell you the truth. If you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, the glory will leave just as fast as it comes. In fact, I'll share with you this story real quick. And this is something that the Lord taught me because I have to explain this. He said, he will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Ye are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. Now, let me tell you something. You want, are you ready for, first, I'm going to teach you what Jesus taught me. And I'm going to teach you, oh my goodness, I feel the glory. I'm going to teach you what Jesus taught me. And then I'm going to tell you this story. Do you see that, what it says right here? The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. That means that if you are the one in church that don't like to clap, that don't like to sing, that don't like to do nothing, you just like to come sit down, then don't expect anything from Jehovah because the dead don't praise him, neither do the silence, nor do they get the rewards of praising him. Even if you're in the congregation, you will receive nothing. So if you're the one in church while they're singing, you just like to sit back and listen to the band like, like it's a concert. That's incorrect. You're supposed to at least clap. Why? Because it's noise. God wants to hear noise. God wants to hear something from you. Amen. For if you become silent, God considers you dead. And if he considers you dead, he ain't going to bless something that's dead. But that silence also means, oh, y'all ain't talking to me. That silence, this is what Jesus taught me, means also that when you're repetitive and you don't go nowhere, when you like the heathens, when you pray really hard and you say all the, come on now, y'all know what I'm talking about, those people who pray and they always got to mention the Bible verse, they always got to say this, they got to say that, they got to run around, up, down, across town, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about, they got to say everything, God says he don't even hear those things, to him it's silent. All right, All right. All right now. 
He said, those are the ones I'm talking about in that word. He says, those who are silent, those who are just stammering and saying all these things, thinking I want to hear it. He said, that's what the pagans do. That's what the heathens do. I don't even hear it. Jesus even taught his disciples this. He said, when you go to God, just talk to him. Say what it is that you want instead of trying to butter him up in order to get something. Y'all ain't talking to me because you want to know why you buttering you trying to butter him up is because you're trying to manipulate him. That's witchcraft. Mm -hmm. And God doesn't operate or listen to witchcraft. Talk about it. Oh, wow. Amen. I tell you the truth. When Jesus taught me this, I was like, oh, sweet Georgia Brown. I said, I can't. I can never be silent in a church. I don't care if it's the deadest church ever. I'm still going to shout hallelujah somewhere. Because I'm like, Lord, even if you don't bless the congregation, please bless me. Amen. Oh, y'all missed that. <laughs> <laughs> even if you don't bless the congregation, Lord, you, you can bless me. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise him. Yeah, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Are y'all hearing this here? Now, let me show you something. Because I'm going to teach y'all what happens when you don't fully listen to the Holy Spirit. And you only take, just because he says something gently, don't take it as a suggestion. Because he is God. The Holy Spirit is God. So watch this. I was in this church service. It was a retreat. And these people were playing. This was a beautiful beautiful service. The worship was intense. The worship was beautiful. You know, you could tell the people were led by the Holy Spirit. Angels were coming in. The glory cloud was intense. People were shaking all over the place. I even saw Jesus walk in and Jesus laid hands on this girl and she started shaking. She fell down in her seat. And then Jesus came over and touched me and I fell out for a minute. He touched me and my friend. We fell out. And mind you, no one touched us but Jesus. And Jesus was moving and the Holy Spirit was coming in and was moving like a mighty wind. You could feel it. It was like the the it was like a gust of wind just kept coming in. And that was the Holy Spirit. And what was being what was being done is that the way of the Father was being prepared. I saw it. The Father was coming down next because because they were worshiping and everything was done properly. They prepared the seats the right way. They prepared the worship the right way. They went into praise. Then they went into worship. It was done perfectly. The glory was there. The glory was tangible. You could feel it. And then some lousy flesh creature grabbed the microphone and said, get into groups and start praying for each other. And the glory left just as soon as it came in. It was like, what? You, you want to know why he did that? It's because he didn't know what to do. The service was coming out of his hands. And into the Lord's hand. And because he didn't know what to do, he picked up the microphone and just said, do something. When you took control away from Jehovah, he went right back into heaven and said, okay, I'm taking all my stuff with me. Let's go. I never seen Jesus leave so fast. I never seen it before. It was like the glory was thick. It was so 
thick. It was like we were in a cloud. And as soon as the man grabbed the microphone and said, get in groups and pray for each other, it evaporated just like that. It evaporated just like that. And so here it is. We're meeting each other. We're trying to pray for each other. And then the worship team, I felt so bad for this worship team. They tried to recreate it. They tried to do it again. Let me tell you something. You, they only had that one shot. That service was never the same for the rest of that retreat. They tried to, re- they tried to replicate it, but they didn't understand that uh-uh, God was not going to come down like that again. Because if, even if he tries to come down, you'll mess it up again. He said, because you did not follow the way of the Lord. And I was so confused. I was like, what are we praying for each other for? The, the Lord himself was coming in. Everything was about to be peachy king, fine. Pe- you know, it was about to be set. <laughs> the king of the whole universe was coming into the place. What did we need to pray for each other for? All we needed was him to come into the room. And people would have started getting healed and delivered and everything of the like. But it was because the man took over the service, took it out of the spirit's hand and into his hand because he didn't know better. I felt I felt bad for the man. He didn't know better. But that glory cloud left as soon as it came. It left just as fast as it was coming in. I said, Lord, please don't ever let me do anything that foolish. Ever. I said, Lord, if you tell me to do something in service, I'm going to do it. I don't care because I want you in the midst. I don't just want to entertain people and tickle people's ears by my singing and my praise. I want the Lord God to come in as he promised he would back in the Old Testament. I want to see that again. But let me move on because now y'all want me to really teach y'all something. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. That means that's what Jesus taught. Jesus was reteaching what was in the Psalms. What you bind on earth is what? Bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loose to heaven. That means what you allow. So that means if there's deception in your church, uh-oh. If there's manipulation in your church, if there's poverty in your church, y'all ain't talking to me. If there's things that are not of the kingdom of God in your church, it is up to you to bind and rebuke that evil spirit, cast him out and loose the kingdom of God back into the congregation. Because the earth he gave to you. Y'all missed that. The earth he gave to you. The heavens are his. If you want the things of heavens, you must do what is necessary on earth in order to get what's in heaven. That's why Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is what? In heaven. Come on now. Y'all ain't talking to me. Oh, the Lord is hitting me with something. It should not be only the pastor who experienced prosperity. Amen. Oh, y'all missed that. It should not be only the apostles, prophets, and preachers and teachers who should experience prosperity. It should be the entire congregation for the kingdom is not limited to only one place. Amen. 
if the kingdom is in the church and is influencing the entire church, then prosperity is part of the package. But what the problem is, is that you're not teaching people the methods of God, which means the Bible says you shall prosper as your what soul prosper, but your soul ain't prospering. Why? Because you ain't getting fed properly in your church. Yes. Oh, yes. Each you feeding the pastor. The pastor ain't feeding you. Oh, let me let that go. <laughs> you feeding the pastor, but the pastor ain't feeding you. Let me move on. Come on now. I'm about to wrap this up. Lord, do I really have to keep going? Am I done? Am I done today, Lord? Am I done? God, I'm going to God. All right. I receive that. Now I'm going to talk about some healing for people. Who here wants some healing done by the Lord? Who here wants the Lord to do something for for you today? Who here needs some some healings? How many of you are feeling healed right now by the word of God that's being released today? Me. <laughs> I'm loving this. Go with me to Psalms 139. 139, please. 139, please. 139. Oh, that's what Ooh. God, you are so wonderful. Thank you, glorious master. Psalms 139. Who here wants to learn something to pray? Who here wants to learn something that you can pray for even your entire congregation? The entire congregation can get delivered simply because you pray this prayer. Now, mind you, this might get you stoned and thrown out of some congregations <laughs> if you pray this. But I promise you, what do you care more about? The acceptance of man or the acceptance of God? Who did you fear more in this world? The fear of man or the fear of God? People ask me, whenever the spirit of the Lord comes upon me, why do I always shake? It's because that's the fear of the Lord. The Lord is reminding me that I have the fear of him inside of me. That's why I tremble every time I start feeling God's presence. Every time I feel it, I start to shake. Why? Because I have that fear. So don't be laughing at the people in the church who start shaking when they feel the presence of God. They have fear. Why? How come you ain't shaking? Uh-oh. How come you ain't shaking? How come they shaking? You ain't shaking. Their shaking is the sign that they have the fear of the Lord. Where's your shake? I'm sorry. Let me move on. And I ain't saying that to take a shot at somebody. I'm saying if you want that, just ask the spirit of the Lord to make himself tangible to you. That's all you got to do. It's not that hard. Say, Lord, just say right now, Lord, give me the fear of the Lord. See, already, as soon as you said that, some of you started to shake. (laughs) Come on now. Are you there? Psalm 139. I'm almost done. Now, I'm going to read the Passion Translation. So I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to give you a different translation only because I want you to get the meat of this revelation right here. Look at this. So it says Psalm 139, verse 23. 
it says, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. Now watch this. I'm going to go to the King James Version. It's going to say something similar. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. That means you're saying to God, God, you can look through me. You have my permission to examine me, to look through me. Anything that is offensive to you. Come on now. Anything that is not right with you. Anything that is not of you, please remove it from me. That's what he's saying. He's saying, try me, meaning put me to the test. Because don't you know that the only way you can know what's wrong with you, if God tells you what's wrong with you. Uh-oh. You can only know what's wrong with you if you allow God to tell you what's wrong with you. So it says, sift through my anxious cares. I'm going back to the passion. But now here's the key, 24. Is everyone there at 24? I want you to see this. I love the passion translation of this. It says, see if there is any path of pain I'm walking on. Some of us, our perception of God, the way we pray to God, is because of past pains. When you pray, you're afraid God is not going to answer like he did it before. But if you really think about it and you get rid of the devil's deception, he did answer your prayer when you prayed. He just didn't answer it the way you wanted him to answer it. He answered it, but he didn't do it the way you thought he was going to do it. Or he didn't do it the way you wanted him to do it. He did it his way. Hallelujah. Amen. But some of you, you still hold on to that pain, that fear that I prayed and nothing happened. No, something did happen. If you go back and look when you pray, see some, but sometimes you have to remember sometimes what you pray, you have, you can have conflicting prayers. So here it is. I said, Lord, bless me with a wife. And then I see this beautiful girl and I'm saying, Lord, help me get her. And then you don't get her. And you're like, God, what happened? She wasn't it. It's not that I didn't answer your prayer, but that your prayer conflicted with itself. You want me to give you a wife. I'm going to give you the wife that I pick, not the one that you want to pick. Because I know you better than you do. I know what you need better than you do. I know what your destiny and call is better than you do. <laughs> Y'all miss that. But some of us also have pain because when you laid hands on someone and you prayed, you didn't see them heal and recover. But the Bible says those who lay hands must believe. If you just laid hands on the brother just to see if they might get healed, you didn't believe. Mm. But if you lay hands expecting that person to get up and be healed, then when they get healed and they're shocked, you ain't. Y'all missed that. Amen. You ain't supposed to be shocked when God answers your prayer. You should have expected it. And after you expect it, you say, thank you, Father, for hearing me. Y'all missed that. So it says, if there is any path of pain I'm walking on, 
It says, and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways. The path that brings me back to you. So what is the King James version of this? It says, and see if there be any wicked way in me. You see that? If there be anything that is wicked, if there is anything that is not of God, if there is anything that, don't you know offense is wicked? Y'all missed that. That is a tactic of the devil. Did you not know that bitterness is wicked? Did you not know anger is wicked? Did you not know manipulation is wicked? Did you not know what is wicked? Some of you don't even know what wicked is because you never asked God what is wicked. So you think it's okay. God says it was never okay because you never asked me. For if you asked me, I would have told you it was wicked. So it says that there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So it says literally, and I love the passion translation of this. This is, this is what you pray. You say, Lord, examine me. Examine my heart. See what is wrong. And any path of pain that I'm on, any way of wickedness that I have accepted, whether it was from the preacher who was offended by you, come on now, and started teaching me out of his offense, whether it was my perception of my brain being offended with you because I didn't see my prayer answer because I lacked the understanding that my prayers conflicted with itself. Whatever path of pain that I'm on, Take me off and bring me on the glorious path to you. Keep me in your everlasting ways. Are you seeing this here? You pray that. Watch everybody in the congregation get delivered. I pray that right now some people got delivered. Just because you realize that the path of pain that you're on, God says you were never supposed to be on that. Get off and come back to me. And learn my everlasting ways. It says everlasting because these things will never change. I ain't teaching you no coping mechanism. The problem with motivational speakers and some people of clergy, they teach you coping mechanisms. You still in the mess, but you can cope with it. No, I teach people how to get out of it, stay out of it, and move on to what God has in store Hallelujah. for you. Oh, yes. Yes, oh, yes. I ain't no motivational speaker. Don't even put that title on me. That's right. We set the captives free over here at ABC of Faith. That's exactly right. I tell you the truth. The Lord hit me with this. Like somebody was like, like, oh, Simba, you a motivational speaker. I said, no. He said, what are you? Deliverer. You put me in your congregation. I plan to see people delivered. That's what I see. Amen. You ain't going to put me in there just to talk and say something. I'm going to say the word of God and I'm going to sit back and watch God do what he does. That's exactly what I'm going to do. That's it. Amen. Oh, yes. Too many motivational speakers, not enough deliverers. Amen. I'm done. I'm done. Y'all got me. I'm done. See, my hour's up. But at this rate, I can go for two hours. But I must follow the rules. <laughs> Did you all learn something today? Did you all receive something? Are y'all hungry for more? You got to come back next week. You must invite people. You must tell them, this is good ground here. This is good word here. 
This is the word that will change your life forever if you will believe and receive it. Oh, come on now. Right now, I'm about to close right now. I'm about to end this in prayer. I ain't going to pray anything specific, you know, or anything like that. I'm just going to release the glory, the kingdom of God right now. So right now, Heavenly Father, right now, I come before you. I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for this word. Thank you, Father, for the revelation of your word. Thank you for your truth. Thy word is truth. And I pray right now, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray right now, Lord, that you will just begin to move on your people in a mighty way. I pray, Holy Spirit, my friend, that you will be loosed on the people of God right now. I plead the blood of Jesus over all those who are listening to me right now, from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet, that you will wash them and make them white as snow. I pray right now that the blood of Jesus will wash and purge their hearts right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray right now, whatever path of pain that these people are on, any path of pain that they're on, any um, thing of wickedness that is in them, I command it right now in the name of the Lord Jesus to leave the people of God right now. I command you right now to be bound. I rebuke you and I send you back to the depths of hell from which you came. And I speak new life into the people of God right now. I speak new joy into the people of God right now. I speak rest and restoration into the people of God right now. I loose the kingdom of God into the people's lives right now in Jesus' name. Right now, receive that right now. I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the fire of God fall on all those who are listening right now. I pray that the fire of God will consume their heart right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Glorious Master. And I pray, Lord, that you will just continue to teach them your ways, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will just continue to show them, Lord. Show them, Lord. Show them who the Lord Jesus is. Show them the ways to the Father. I pray, Lord, that after this word, after today, that they will never be the same again. I decree and declare it now. I speak it right now. I command right now all pain to leave the people. I command complete healing and restoration in the heart and mind. Headaches go in the name of Jesus. I command right now, whatever is not of the kingdom of God, it leaves now in Jesus' name. Right now, in Jesus' name, I felt something get broken, shackled, and everything got loosed off of the people of God. Give God some praise. Thank him for what he has done. Thank you, wonderful master. Thank you, wonderful Jesus. Thank you, Father, for what you have done today. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we love you. We adore you. Thank you and praise you. Not just for what you've done, what you're doing, what you continue to do, but most importantly, Lord, we thank you for being who you are. There is no one else like you. You are the most high God. And we lift our hearts and we set our hearts forever on you. Thank you, glorious master. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name I do pray while in the presence of the Comforter of the Holy Spirit. Baruch Atah Adonai Ha'el HaKadosh. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. And my prayer partners in agreement said with me because they believe and receive it. Say amen, amen, and amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Take care and be blessed.